Barbarian here, also known as Brett, and this is the next episode of the Oddman Broadcast. With me today, as always, we have... Hey guys, this is DPO427, Daniel, on Reddit. And unfortunately, Doom is unable to join us today. However, we have a special guest. Hello guys, this is uh, Joker here, Community Center uh, Moderator. And we got a lot planned for you, so let's go ahead and dive right in. DP, take it away from here for now, and then I'll, we'll get back to the new characters. All right, so just a reminder for you guys, currently we are at, we're still at the 23 out of $30 goal on Patreon. So we're just $7 short of that goal. And if we could achieve that by the end of this month, we'll add $10 on top of the $5 giveaway from last month. So we'll be giving away $15 this month if we could achieve that. Otherwise, we'll be giving away $10 guaranteed uh when our next podcast goes live near the end of this month so uh if you guys haven't already check out check out our patreon page at patreon.com slash the oddsman here comes a new challenger all right so our newest challenger we have two-face the duke of duality and his kit i have to say it's very entertaining, very flavorful when you start reading what it does and reading how it interacts with itself. Uh, you basically have a 50-50 shot to do one of two things, and you have a 50-50 shot for the legendary effect half the time. It's really interesting to see. There's a lot of 50-50s. So, uh, and it's interesting because when you start the match, it seems like the indicator is random as to whether he's Harvey or whether he's Two-Face. But there is a little visual indicator. If it's blue, he's Harvey. If it's purple, he's Two-Face. So, and this is very important to make note of as you go through the rest of his kit, because it has varying effects based on uh, which version he is at the time. Let's go ahead and dive right into those real quick. Uh, I don't have anything in front of me, so I'm doing this off the top of my head. DP, if you can fill in the gaps for me. All right, so his first one is Twin Pistols, his basic attack. You're going to fire two light damage shots at your opponent, and it has, if you're Harvey, it's going to apply a crit immunity to one of your allies, and if he's two-faced, it's going to apply, what is it, two hit chance downs? I think, to, uh, to the enemy. Yeah, I'm just looking it up right now. <laughs> two evasion down, and so two crit immunity and evasion down. So those, sorry. Okay. So which, evasion which down, not hit chance down. My bad. Are we okay. about the two face? That's right. right. It's mo it's mostly evasion downs. Yeah. If he's two face, it'll be evasion down. If he's Harvey, it'll be a crit immunity to one of your allies. Uh, the legendary upgrade for this allows you a fifty percent chance to fire two additional shots at a random opponent. So I think that's actually a really interesting upgrade. Definitely fits the character. Uh, then you move into his secondary move, a coin toss. You're gonna flip the coin. 50 chance you're going to come up Harvey, 50% chance you're going to come up Two-Face. If you come up Harvey, you're going to give your allies a bunch of uh, hit chance up. If it comes up uh, uh, Two-Face, you're going to give your enemies a bunch of evasion downs. So that's pretty much what it is. It's basically your method of switching between his two personas if you're not happy with the one that he currently has. And it's a 50-50 either way. So it doesn't matter what you started as, it just... You have a 50% chance to be one or the other. Actually, just, so, just to correct you, um, the Harvey mode, it's hit chance up and crit chance up. So you get two different buffs. And then for the... Oh, right. I forgot about that. And the two-face mode, it's not evasion downs, actually. It's hit chance down. 
and crit chance down. Let's see. Okay, now I'm getting confused because yeah. I, I knew I knew there was a chance down in there somewhere. You just mixed up the two abilities. You mixed up one and two. You mixed yeah. up the first two abilities. So the hit, the second part, uh, the evasion down is the first ability of the two face mode. Sorry, the two face mode of the first ability is evasion down. The two face mode of the second ability is hit chance down and crit chance down. Cool. Okay. <laughs> it's it's hard because point a lot point, of, point a lot is of it's a lot of debuffs. He's got a lot. It, of it's gonna take a while to memorize this guy's kit. <laughs> yeah, no, like to be fair, I think you're gonna pretty much want to get him to one specific mode and just keep him as that for pretty much most of the match. At least that's how I kind of feel about it. Depending on what yeah, you need in the particular event you're in, whether you want Harvey or whether you want Two Face is really where you're going to set him to, and then you're not going to switch after that. So I definitely agree with you on that. So, uh, And then the legendary upgrade for this uh, is a 50% chance to call an assist. This definitely seems like a worthwhile upgrade. Even if it is only 50%, it still gives you that extra attack you know, from somebody else. So it doesn't necessarily waste the turn all the time. So it definitely seem, feels like it helps. So I haven't actually taken the upgrade yet, so just to be that's clear the first on the, one I picked. Yeah, just to be clear on the call assist now, because the original move itself doesn't actually target any uh, enemy, it's a random attack, I guess, right? Yes, it should be. Okay. Joker, can you confirm that? Yeah, because you're clicking on uh, Harvey himself when you're doing the uh, the switch, so it's random who he's going after. Okay. So cool. it's it's basically the same thing as Atrocitus's AOE. Cool. Okay. Right. Cool. Cool. <clears throat> All right, and then we have his third movie, third third move. It was the third <laughs> movie in the Batman series, by the way, he appeared in. Um, <laughs> but we have Justice for All. I do love the naming convention on his kit. It's very, very thematic and very flavorful. Uh, Justice for All. It's his AOE, light damage to the enemy team. If he's... Um, is there extra effects on this one? It's like damage, extra damage if he's Two-Face, and then if he's Harvey, it's like... A couple of buffs for your team. Purge. Is that right? It's, you get to purge. You get to, you purge. Debuffs. Oh, that's right. It's the purge. You that's purge, right. You, yeah. you purge debuffs off the team, and then uh, you get thirty percent more damage on Two Face. So that's that's not bad. And just to note, a fully upgraded light damage becomes damage, so it actually scales up enough. That's that's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. And yeah. then uh, the legendary upgrade. I forget what it's called, but. Uh, it's plus 50% crit chance and plus 50% crit damage. So lots of chance and lots of damage, uh, which plays into his kit a little bit later on, but I definitely like that it's a flat 50-50 for both, and it doesn't matter which form you're in for that bonus. So very, very high chance that this AoE is going to crit and do a ton of damage. Yep. All right, and then we have his first passive. Which, to me, this is the reason that you play him in the first place, is this first passive. Uh, this is just me. But at full upgrade, it has a 50% chance. If he's Harvey, it's going to give your team hit chance ups. If he's Two-Face, it's going to give your enemy team uh, evasion down. Both of them have a 50% chance. So you always have a 50-50 shot of granting the bonus, whichever one it happens to be. And then the legendary upgrade for this one is also reduce the cooldown of Justice for All by one. And I believe it's on a 50% chance on that one? Yeah. 
Yeah, all of his upgrades are 50. Yeah, they're, they're no more than 50, which makes complete sense for him. <laughs> well, no, I th no, actually, I take that back. Is this, this one, it does have a percentage of tied to it as the legendary upgrade? Yeah, 50%. Or does it just yeah. automatically reduce the cooldown no, if it triggers? It's, it's a 50-50 chance to reduce cooldown. So it's an additional 50% chance? I get. What I forget saying. the wording on it, but I rem I wanted to say. Oh no! no sorry. Yeah. Oh, the sorry, the. Yeah. I was gonna the say the original base move doesn't have the cooldown on it. Right. No. Yeah. So. It's a fifty percent chance in the base, but the legendary upgrade doesn't have a chance. It just if the base move triggers, it reduces the cooldown. Right. Wait. What are we talking? We're talking about the passive, right? Yeah. The first passive. Okay. For the cooldown. The legendary upgrade one. specifically. Does it have the fifty percent chance also? Oh, in the base? No, it doesn't. So basically, not, no. The base, the base has two fifty percent chances uh, in the base. I, I believe the legendary upgrade is fifty percent chance to add negative one on the cooldown. It is okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so technically it's a one quarter cooldown. That's what I was trying to figure out because, for whatever reason, I was originally thinking that it was a fifty percent chance to reduce the cooldown also, but it's actually a one quarter chance. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, you take all those percentages in, it sounds like a quarter. <laughs> well, I just, I couldn't remember if the percentage chance was there on that one. That's why I was asking what the actual wording of it is. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read out the wording of it. Okay, so good fortune. It says, at the beginning of his turn, if Harvey, 50% chance to apply two hit chance ups to all allies. If Two-Face, 50% chance to apply two evasion downs to all enemies. So that's a base move, okay? Right, then, base move has 50% chance. And then legendary, 50% chance to reduce Justice for All's cooldown by one. That's it. Okay, so yes, it does sound like it's a one-quarter chance to reduce that cooldown. Yeah. Basically. Well, well, no, I mean, well, no, it, I mean it's at the beginning of his turn. You have to, he has a, he has a, or, he has or a, is it, okay. So we need to test this one because it might actually be two <laughs> separate triggers. I, I think you're reading into it. Because it doesn't say, it doesn't say if the, Passive is triggered. It just says fifty percent chance to I reduce cooldown. I, I think I think you're reading I, into it too much. I think it has three different modes. Think about it as that, uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm right. thinking they're two separate triggers. Well, that's the thing. So, oh. regardless if you're Harvey or Two Face, the legendary will the legendary. will happen. It'll be either right. It'll give. But you my question about it, my mm -hmm. my question about the legendary is whether or not you have to proc the other one to get it. No, I don't think so. No, I don't. I think they're all I think they're all separate instances from the way it's worded. Right? Okay. So, right. so we will definitely need to test that at some point, but I yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I could definitely see uh confusion there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that one's definitely a little bit confusing, so It's like it's like Sorry for wasting the... a lot of time on this one. No, no, I, I That's why I saved it for last. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just wrap up the the kit. Well, I I really like the upgrade personally, but that's neither here nor there. But mm. uh, his final move is tough luck, and oh shoot, I blanked on this one. It's fifty percent chance if he lands a crit while two face to reduce the turn meter by twenty five percent. It's an ally it's when an ally, ally deals crit ally. damage. Oh yeah, when any ally lands a crit. Okay, and then if he's Harvey. It's a chance to purge debuffs. Uh, yeah, it's a purge uh, debuffs yeah. is right. It's like uh, three, five, five maxed out. Five, five. Okay. Yeah, but if two face, uh, you get uh, turn meter down uh, on the target, so twenty five percent turn meter down. 
Right, and then the legendary is a 50% chance to double the effect, whether it's the purge or the meter down. That's right. So, so it's a one-quarter chance to do double effect on that one is the way I'm wording it, because this one actually mm -hmm. says you have to trigger it. Mm -hmm. Right, so because you're doubling it. Right. So right. this one is a quarter. Yeah, or purge yeah. up to 10. Yeah. Yeah. Right, purge yeah. up to 10 or up to 50% meter down right. if you crit. Right. That's insane. But I think the fact that it goes down to a quarter is where you kind of well, I mean, is it really that amazing? This is this is a uh, this so. is obviously dependent on the other ones because it has to it has to be based off of whether or not it triggers, right? So, right, and that, that's what I'm saying. This one this one is very clear yeah. that it has to trigger yeah. the other ones in order to even yeah. get this chance. Yeah. But the I other one is not so much. I think that even though it is a bit of a quarter chance, it's still crazy. Like if it happens, like taking half meter off someone is ridiculous. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> Red Hood has already proven to us that 50% meter is insane. Yeah. Joker, what do you think about Two-Face Harvey? Not really sure yet. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to play him, at, play him quite a bit and, and uh, get get the hang of his kit. Um, yeah, I... I I like the role reversal in there. I could see how it's beneficial going in with the current meta. You know, you're definitely going to want to be two-faced because you don't want to have any of those buffs going on your team. So having all the debuffs going on the opposing team is is definitely a, a better trade-off. Um, and you know, just walking in, you know, to September and looking at the new characters. You know, my first uh, concern always looking at the new characters when you have a meta going on is how do they benefit the meta as opposed to going against it and uh i could see him in there with a, a, a atrocitus team uh and wonder girl alongside of him causing uh quite a few problems you know especially if you upgrade that uh, uh his basic you know atrocitus comes in you get the enrage attack going on uh two-face gets his basic and then he gets two extra attacks potentially from that uh it can be pretty harsh yeah, the way the way that the one's legendary upgrade is worded, I could see it being two separate random individual attacks or just a second animation of his double shot. Right. I have a feeling that it's kind of like the uh the red hood style of attack where he's doing multiple attacks, right? But uh, Well, that that is what it is from when I played with him just briefly. Okay. Uh but I was saying the legendary for it Mm -hmm. Could those two light attacks go to two separate targets, or is it just a second animation of his first on one target? I'd imagine. It's I like think it's going to work like uh, I think it's going to work like damaged goods when he does his shot, the uh, the machine oh. gun, and then there's a little overspray on hitting, you know, some characters around them. Okay, so it might be random then. Yeah, that's, that's uh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> DP, what do you think of him real quick? Well, Two-Face, to me, the, the neat thing about him is that he kind of plays like a red Hippolyta, from what I see. Like, basically, he can either be really offensive or really defensive based on which mode he's in. So, uh, for that, like, depending on how the, the flow of the game is going and also what mode you start off with, if it actually is random, then it gives you more reason to use his second ability, right? Um, if it isn't random, you can kind of control it. So... I think one of the Reddit users, someone on Reddit was saying that his mode may persist between one battle to the next. So for example, if you finished a battle as Two-Face and you start another battle like in PvP or somewhere uh, with him, he'll start as Two-Face. 
instead of Harvey. I'm not sure if that's true, but that's what that was say. something that I actually considered as well. Yeah. But I chalked it up to more just it's, uh, it's confirmation bias yeah. more than actual confirmation. Yeah. Wow. Um, because I only did a couple of matches. It's really hard to tell. You know, did it well, actually? What you gotta do is, transfer. What you gotta do to actually test it is basically once you're in two face mode, for example, never use the second ability. Keep playing as two face, and then just keep seeing if every battle you start off, you're always two face, right? Then do the same thing. Let's do. Well, that that's like, that's something I was yeah. gonna do today, but I ended up having to charge my phone, so I didn't get a chance to. <laughs> All right, but I mean, well, wouldn't that uh, yeah concept apply into uh, campaign mode as well? You know, yeah. you just go through yeah. multiple campaign nodes real fast and see where he's at there you go yeah that's that's what i was gonna do all right well that that that's uh our side project for to, to confirm on reddit but uh let's say that that is the case right so if that's the case it actually gives you less incentive to use his second ability because you can kind of control it given uh certain things right so let's say you want to start off pvp battle and you know you want to go into it as two-face so go jump into a pve battle real quick uh, end on two-face and then go back into that pv pvp battle right you know what I mean? So that way, so that way you don't have to waste turns using the second move to switch, although, unless that's beneficial for you, like to get the call assist or whatever it is, right? So the way he plays, should that be the case, becomes very, like sort of like in line with Hippolyta because then you can actually have more control over it, right? But I'm imagining that it isn't the case. I hope it actually isn't the case to make him more random, to make him more 50-50 on everything. Because I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping it is the 50-50 too. Yeah. Because I think yeah, I'm on board with that as well. Yeah, and like we're probably sort of in this minority of players where we're probably playing into the sort of the flavor aspect of the character where we want him to be sort of this random fifty-fifty character because that's who he is, right? But there are players, you know, like let's let's put let's call it the quote-unquote uh, tryhards <laughs> out there who want a character, <laughs> Spikes. right? Who want a character that they can rely on to be to do what they want him to do and not have to worry on uh, like variants, right? Because if they get sort of variants, they're going to complain about RNG and how this would have been different if this had happened. But then, you know, you're not going to pick up a character that's 50-50 all over the place in his kit if that's the way you're going to play it. So that's neither here nor there. Well, I mean, just something that I want to point out. I mean, this is something that I had a conversation with Kage briefly mm -hmm. earlier about it, too. And it's like when you're when the, the dev team is designing characters, they cannot just design characters for PvP and the tryhards. Mm -hmm. They have to make it fun for those of us who are yeah. lore gurus who want to have the characters be accurate. Like, yeah. you have to make it fun for everybody. Yeah. It can't just uh, be hey, one or the other. It has to be fun for both sides. Speaking along those lines, I would have been happy if he had a chance of attacking one of his own. You know, some mega... That would have been hilarious. Huge, yeah. Yeah. Some, some huge hit that, you know, you got the 50-50 chance that he could one-shot uh, a green. I, I actually think it would have been really cool if instead of attacking one of your own per se, his animation fizzled and like the animation was actually just him shooting a minion. Like, <laughs> oops. <laughs> yeah. He just flips the coin, gets pissed, turns to the guy to the next to him. Just yeah. I haven't actually, I haven't actually played with him yet. I'm currently in the process of giving up, but I actually haven't actually played him yet. And in the, um, what do you call it? The, the challenge that's currently going on for him. I actually, I've seen a lot of Riddler, but I actually haven't seen him that much and I hadn't paid attention when he was on screen. Is there coin flipping in his animation yet? Like, have you actually seen? Uh, the standstill idle animation? Yeah, I haven't actually looked at it. The idle animation, no. 
Mm. When he uses his two, it does flip the coin. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess there's that. That that was the one thing I was hoping was... for, but it didn't happen. Well, <laughs> his idle animation, he's holding two pistols. I mean, yeah, but I'm saying he could he, he could have he could have them both in one hand. <laughs> <I'm saying>. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. But anyway, real quick before we move on to World's Greatest Detective, mm -hmm. uh, thoughts initial initial thoughts on importance in the legendary ordering. So. Me personally, I really like the way his kit's designed, and I'm kind of leaning toward his primary, his his basic attack, and his AOE being your first two. But I also value his coin flipping for that call assist fairly high. So any of those three, I don't think you're really going to go wrong as your first couple of upgrades. Uh, I don't feel that his two passives are quite reliable or strong enough in their own right to justify an early point. I think those need to be, you know, L3, L4 range more than the others. I don't know. How do you guys feel? Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, you know, with the call assist on uh, I chose two first, you know, just because uh, I don't want that to be a wasted move and, and having a call assist in there, you know, definitely gives it a perk. Um, <clears throat> one would come up after that. And three and five, I'm I'm undecided on. You know, it depends on how much damage he really puts out. I've seen a lot of characters <clears throat> that uh, do have a call assist, and their damage is, is nothing. And uh, yeah, well, here's the thing about his crit. Uh, he has a support gear set, mm -hmm. so he should have a really high crit damage, just and not so high crit chance. Right. Compare him with uh, Deadshot Hired Gun, basically. Well, no, I'm yeah. just pointing out that the value of his three is actually pretty good when you add 50% crit chance. Right, but I'm saying if you if you pair him with a guaranteed crit character like Deadshot Hired Gun, his damage would be insane then, right? In theory, yeah, it could be pretty dang high. Yeah, yeah, I heard that with uh, Black Adam and it didn't work out so well. <laughs> <laughs> well fair enough. Yeah. I mean, all right. not everybody pans out the way we want them to, unfortunately. But yeah. this is the theory right now. So yeah, like on paper. But, oh, sorry, what you were saying, Joker? I was gonna say, but I, I intend on taking them to L five anyway. You know, I, I do that with all the villains. So uh, yeah, I guess my order is not all that important. But <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. Well, no, but it's more discussion for those of for those people who are only going to be able to get L two, L three, L four. Yeah. What do you think? Are what you know? What do you want at those ranks? Do you think? Right. Oh, like I said, uh, yep. I got my orders two, one, three, five, and four, and three and five are debatable depending on no. uh, uh, where his damage is at and to yeah. which one I think is going to outweigh the other while I'm playing him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm at the same. Basically, like I think four should be last, uh, based on like overall cooldown effects aren't that great unless you're expecting like matches to go really long, right? So getting more use out of his three will be more important, but uh, it also depends on like how reliably you can get those 50-50 things to happen. And because it's 50-50, you can't rely on it, right? So, right. yeah, so for me, the things that look more interesting are things you can kind of guarantee on using more often, or for example, the coin flip call, this is probably the most important. I would say for me, it would be two, one, and then 
uh, based on what his damage output is like for three, uh, probably either three and then five or five, either three or five and then four after. So, so you're on board with Joker at this yeah, point. It's same, yeah, same basic, you know. Yeah. Okay. So I know Doom originally had thought that his five was going to be more important. Uh, I'll let Doom explain that sometime when he decides to. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think we all kind of agree here that it's maybe not quite as strong as he initially thought it was. But well, he and it's still I, uh, yet to be seen. So he and I got into a, a little talk about it, and you know, he was saying how that, uh, that basically the, the, the stasis idea of it uh, works out. You know, uh, Kid Flash, Mirror Master concept. You know, just slow down and freeze up the other team and pick them off. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Doom is Doom is kind of a fan of those stunlock teams, so yeah, I can't really fault him for wanting to take that first. So oh no, definitely not. It's it's just <laughs> it could definitely work. You know, if you get that, I guess twenty five percent chance of it hitting. <laughs> right, and then you also have to remember that it, you have to crit to trigger it, exactly. so you have a percent chance there. So that twenty five percent chance is actually a lot lower than it looks like. Oh, I, I toned it down from the 50 to 25 already, so... Yes. No, I know, but I'm just saying there's the 50% chance for Two-Face to trigger the ability, and then there's the 50% chance to double, but in order to even get that to trigger, you have to have the 42% chance of a striker <laughs> to actually crit. So unless you're really building a lot of crit chance ups, you can't rely on that skill. That's definitely what I was trying to go for there. All right, yeah, you definitely went deeper with it than I did. <laughs> All right, yeah, so the along. chances go much lower, but moving on. Yeah, we got it. We got uh, it. We're going to do a little nip-tuck next. You got a little more work done, huh? Yeah, just a little bit. Just a tweaking, tweaking. Maintenance, maintenance. All right, so our nip-tuck choice for selection for today is Batman, the world's greatest detective. And I think that title is very aptly fitting at this point. He definitely feels great again i don't know about you guys I, I definitely think he feels great again not that he ever felt bad but he definitely feels a lot stronger now so not a whole lot of his kit changed but the things that did change are important hashtag uh, his basic great again. <laughs> yeah hashtag make batman great again <laughs> that, that was definitely running through my head too <laughs> <laughs> i think that was kind of the point right but, uh, and like I said, I never really felt like he was in desperate need, but everybody kind of knew that certain parts of his kit were just not quite par anymore. So, uh, and the things that did change again, like I said, were very impactful. His basic attack remains basically the same as it was, uh, previously. I think they might've added one more debuff purge or one more buff purge rather. Between the basic attack I, I, and I think it's the, the legendary. I think, I think it hasn't been touched. I think it hasn't been touched. Hasn't been touched at all? Yeah. I thought there was one additional one somewhere, maybe. Could be. I, I think the basic is, used to be up to two. Now it's two to three. Oh, okay. I, I think. <clears throat> I think. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. But that's that one's not really that important. Yeah. Unless you're using Silver Banshee, and then it's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Silver Banshee is pretty cool. That's sidetracking to the here nor there. But anyway, the reason, the absolute reason to take the Batman is his two, his detective work. It always has been, it always will be, and it continues to be. 
you take him to use his detective work. It has now been changed to instead of offering four affinity up, you now get two affinity up and true sight for one turn to your team. That is absolutely insane. Let's you do exactly what you need to do with your team. I need to stun this character, but they're hiding behind a taunt. Let me go do that real quick. You know, whatever you need to do, you do it, you get it done. It feels amazing to get around anything that you need to get around, whether it's invisibility or taunting or whatever. So that's really cool. And then the legendary for this remains the same. Reduce the cooldown of everything by one. Still phenomenal. Still phenomenal. So uh, his three has, is now an overheal. His synthesized cure is now an overheal. It feels like it's a little bit stronger. Still purges a ton of debuffs. Still grants a, up to 100% turn meter to the character he uses on as long as it's not himself. Uh, his explosive batterings, I only change there was instead of purging extra buffs if they're invisible, now it purges all buffs if they're invisible. Which is sick. So that got a really <laughs> powerful upgrade. Really powerful upgrade there. Yeah. And then his leadership uh, is now a 50% chance to purge a buff. If they purge a buff, get two affinity ups. And then the legendary upgrade for that is now if they trigger that, there's a 50% chance to gain an awareness as well. So the two things people wanted to see in this kit, true set and awareness, they're there now. I'm absolutely ecstatic for his changes. So, and then obviously there was some stat changes that went with him, but those weren't really terribly important. The, the two things that kept the kit, or that made the kit good originally are still there. So happy about that. What do you guys think? Joker, go ahead. Yeah, I think that he's got a lot of tools right now to, to help him uh, or the teams that you, you put with him uh, go up against uh, constant team comps or, you know, even with the Wonder Girl comps. And, you know, that definitely uh, adds value to him. Um, I still think he's really squishy, though. Whenever I face him in PvP, he just, uh, I, I honestly kind of ignore him. <laughs> but I'll save him for last or he'll just get that's, squashed. That's fair. Uh, or he'll just get squashed from AOE damage from my other guys, you know? But, uh, he's definitely had some good improvements. You know, Black Kryptonian, who I, uh, I work with in the modding, uh, he's ecstatic with uh, the changes, and uh, he's been crying for uh, a rework to this character for a long time, so I'm happy for him. <laughs> nice. Me, personally, when I look at his kit, uh, I was a bit underwhelmed when I first looked at it, but then now that I look at it, the reason why you use him and why you used him before hasn't really changed and it just brings more utility to the table and like for all of those who are skeptic about him he's not the type of character that's going to sort of make or break your match he's not a he's not a very good defensive character like joker was saying but offensively he's an enabler he's sort of like the because of his cooldown reduction on his second ability He's sort of a combo enabler, especially with characters that have very low cooldown moves that are like a two-turn cooldown. Cooldown. So, like for example, or one-turn turn cooldown, right. like Ivy and her right. taunt, or Kimo so and his. Right. So you can use them back to back if you pair them with uh, World's Greatest Detective. So he's a definitely a huge enabler there. The fact that he has overheal now in his kit, it also enables a different type of strategy, like that. Like for example, characters like uh, Bane, Etrigan, uh, and so on and so forth. Right then enchantress uh, right and the other thing that i found neat about his kit uh that the the whole the legendary upgrade to his explosive batarangs the 
the fact that it just completely hoses Clayface teams and ironically all the Robins. <laughs> so, <laughs> why, Imagine go, that. Go figure. Batman just rips apart all the Robins. <laughs> uh, well, I could make a really dirty joke right now about yeah. Robin and uh, Batman, <laughs> but uh, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I was actually thinking about it through my like going it going through my head. Does does he actually affect Red Hood? And I remember, yeah, Red Hood actually does have invisibility in his kit. So, yeah, he does with a legendary upgrade. Yeah, right. So uh, my my uh, my claim there is uh, is still valid. <laughs> uh, but anyways, like his uh, did we mention the fact that his precision strike upgrade gives awareness too? Did yes, yes, I did. That? Yeah, yes. that that's yeah, actually it, quite interesting because it, it's another uh, instance of having awareness on a character now. So that's neat. As a team leader ability, there's only one other one, and that's Martian Manhunter. So, yep. so I mean, it is neat. It is neat. The fact that you can sort of you can kind of play him defensively, but not really. I mean, you it's also a fifty percent chance to to get that if they. So no, first they actually have to purge, right? And then it's a fifty percent chance right. to get and it's the awareness. 50% chance. So it's pretty. It's pretty awkward. It, it's not just purge. It has to actually trigger yeah. his leadership. So yeah. if the move purges, it doesn't necessarily trigger his leadership. Right. So just keep that in mind. Right. So, anyways, it's it's a bit awkward, but you know it's still pretty good. I think so. It gives you the ability to pseudo protect your team. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And then as far as Legendary Order, I don't think it really changed all that much. You take two, you take three, and then after that you kind of take whatever you want, depending on how you're planning on running him, so, or what you're having you know, trouble with, depending. Because so, he, he's a very versatile character, but you definitely want that two upgrade for that cooldown reduction. And then you want that turn meter granting from the, uh, the heal as well. After that, you're kind of up to you, so... Yeah, I'd say he's definitely uh, L5 material. You know, I, I L5 everything, but uh, his whole uh, kit is, is definitely worth it. Yeah, it definitely got a lot better than it was. It, it looks really good now, so... We're going to get into the arena then? Get into the arena then. All right, um... First thing we got is uh, there was a last-minute switch to Ridwell instead of Constantine for the PvP uh, Wraith Arena rewards. Yeah, that's... this was. Uh... Go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry, that that just made sense. <laughs> that's all. Um, you know the way uh, the siege ended things last month, and uh, Larfley is getting a uh, a week this month at the end of the month. I think it was actually set up this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with intent, you know, that Riddler would have a week next mm-hmm. month. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the new, it, new way that we're It definitely felt things. like there was supposed to be another siege. Yeah. yeah. It definitely felt like that. Yeah. So, I mean, on this point, I think that, like, I think it, it mainly came up because a lot of people were seeing that Riddler was an expected alliance ca- uh, character for, like, somewhere in the middle of September. And people were saying, well, how are we going to access Riddler unless we're going to buy, you know, uh, his pack that comes out later in the month. So other mm-hmm. there was no access to him otherwise. So then they made the switch there. Otherwise, the other thing they could have done was switch out uh, Riddler week to Constantine week or something like that, like they did for Red Hood. Or, sorry, not Red Hood, Red Robin. Um, yeah. And so it was either one or the other, right? I, I think that we're going to have these little hiccups and growing pains 
yeah. for until they figure out you know how exactly to run siege how exactly they're going to run all the pvp tournaments congruently yeah. you know until they can figure out how to do siege blitz showdown and regular wraith arena all at the same time and have a nice continuous schedule we're going to have these little hiccups right. i think so right. just, just bear with it i think I, I don't think they're plan or, or I don't get the impression the plan is to run them all at once. I think it's going to be, you know, off months, you know, that they, they alternate between the, uh, yeah, every other the month. Of them. Yeah. Um, excuse me. I, I think you run them all at once. I think it's going to be too much for some people. Oh, do I do this one? Do I do that one? Or do I stick to this, yeah. you know, and it, it doesn't become too grindy to where it pushes people away from playing, okay. you know, Logging in. Ah, I gotta get, got all this work ahead of ahead of me. Yeah, we don't now. need three different PvP plays to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, on the note of the the uh, the siege last month for Lark Fleas, for example. Now, this is my thought in terms of logistics. If you how you're supposed to organize this, and um, for any of uh, the WE staff that's in charge of that, that's listening to this, um, this is just my opinion. So. Normally, like the traditional way we get, like let's say a paywall character, access to a paywall character without buying his pack uh, is through his PvP week. And there's two instances of that, one one during that month and one in the in the following month. So let's say, for example, a typical person, let's say places top 100, for example, or top 1500, we get, let's say, 140 shards or 240 shards getting up to... Uh, so they in two months back to back, they probably get a legendary a legendary character or even an L2 character. Uh, given the fact that Siege dishes out a ton of shards, right? Uh, I would mm -hmm. say that's you could count that as like two PvP weeks or more even, right? So then you can kind of forego the next month's uh, instance of it, which is kind of weird how Larkley's <coughs> uh, gets another week this month, right? Not that I'm complaining because it'll help me get to L5, but, <laughs> you know, I think that if they did away with that week and let's say put Constantine back in in place of it, you know that I wouldn't be surprised with that, for example. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think it was a surprise for people not to see the Larkley's week. Yeah. It was actually more of a surprise that it, you know, yeah. didn't go away when Riddler came in. It was the Constantine one that went right, away. Right, right, right. I think that's what confused people. They were like, "Oh wait, oh Larkley's is supposed to be Riddler. That's all. Okay. Oh yeah. wait, they took Constantine instead." I mean, they put it they put in Riddler instead of Constantine. I think just because of the way the the Alliance weeks sort of panned out in terms of scheduling, so that you could have him for his week. But given that, I mean, I'd still rather they switch Larfleys for Constantine, right? Well, also because I was looking forward to getting an L4 Constantine, and that <laughs> that's going to have to wait now. <laughs> oh, well. They probably reschedule it for next month. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. That would, that would just make things, uh, uh, well, give me hope for. Like, well, next month is October, just to uh, be fair. There is the possibility that we get Justice League Dark. Yeah, and, but why is Scarecrow's event this month? <laughs> because we're going to need him for next month. That's oh, okay. my guess. All right. Well, we'll get into that in a bit later. So let's move on. Uh, uh, what were we saying? In the arena meta. All right. Yep, the expectations for the September September characters in the meta. Now, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I see these two, uh, you know, looking at Riddler and Two-Faces Kit as being very beneficial within the meta. And uh, yeah, I see Riddler as uh, very beneficial going against the meta uh, with his uh, call assist true sight. But uh, I've got to see how that one works out because uh, it looks as though 
does he give true sight or does he put a taunt on somebody? He, he, he the way he it's reading, it looks like he, he the way it's reading, it looks like he might get call uh true sight after the call assist. Oh. Which does not help. Interesting. <laughs> so I'm a little worried about that one because it looks good, but it looks too good to be true. <laughs> here's here's my question about these characters <clears throat> in terms of how they affect the meta. Now a lot of people are sort of still complaining about uh Wonder Girl and you know with within reason right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. do the, because both these characters are red joker's tired of hearing people complain about it i think <laughs> but i mean let's say for the fact of like the fact that she's a mystic and both of these characters are physical characters right do they bring something to the table where like they're let's say a silver bullet or a good answer to her or teams based around her well here's one thing i want to point out mm-hmm a lot of times the people are complaining not only about wonder girl but the team that she's on because she's often enough on a Batgirl team that has a Harley. Mm -hmm. Now, Harvey or Two Face, both of them, his passive, uh, his first passive uh, gives either hit chance up or evasion down when it triggers. I think that's a very, you know, telling move that the devs made there with that one. Like yeah, I think the, uh, the scariest thing to encounter is when you have a. Uh... Harley Quinn, Wonder Girl, and uh, one of these whales has a huge starfire with that within that composition, and uh, <laughs> she's just gonna blow away any red in the uh, in your team. Uh, yeah. Once she gets her AOE going. Yeah. I mean, the, the one absolutely. Thing there's there's always stuff to consider. Like we were talking yeah. about Wonder Girl in a previous podcast, and like think about ways to deal with her. The thing that I was looking at in at that time was one of the ways to deal with her is sort of a debuff strategy since she's obviously like much better against buff strategies so the fact that Riddler and Two-Face both bring a lot of debuffs to the table could be a good way to tackle her so if you're if you're not looking into sort of one-shotting her with you know typical Deadshot Hired Gun Red Robin setups then these characters might help you in sort of that grindier slow game where you're gonna sort of uh, take control of the game slowly and not let her get out of hand right so I think World's Greatest Detective is another one of those. Oh yeah. Well, we need an answer right now. Here's True Sight to the team. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so yeah. I, I think that was a definite another one of those moves that now's a good time to do it. Let's just go ahead and do it because it almost felt like this month, uh, being Batman, it almost felt like the dev team was waiting on it, you know, for a while now because obviously they love Batman and yeah at wb so <laughs> i think it's more like, uh, it's in, in the same line as uh putting heal immunity on supergirl's basic right it's sort of the same thing if you think about it during when it came out yeah it's, it's definitely i think the timing is all very intentional is what i'm saying it's it definitely feels like they've had this planned out for a while that they knew that they were going to do this they were just waiting for the right time all right we uh mentioned it uh, earlier uh, we had no siege this month and uh, we have a return of uh, blitz and showdowns Hooray! Uh, i'm actually happy <laughs> for the blitzes because you know having more access to gems is always good but the showdown i mean i think uh we're the three of us are probably in the like the minority of like veteran players that have infinite harley quinn quite vexing shards <laughs> i actually don't you don't 
Oh, you I have her at all one. That's all uh, I've got. You don't play red alerts that much, I, right? I don't. I don't do red alerts hardly at all. That's why. Like, I'll do I'll it do for it. days when Swamp Thing shows up. That's about it. Yeah, I'm picky, too, with them. You know, whenever I see a Harley in the red alerts, it just, like, my motivation just oh, drops. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm at the L1 level as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even with the showdowns here, I'm kind of, yeah. I, I haven't actually touched the showdown yet. Yeah. The one, I, the one, I probably should, but the one thing I, I, I got joke. I got damaged goods out of his. I got yeah, damaged yeah, yeah. goods out of his world. That was about it, you know. That was just what, like, that, yeah, that like even that hasn't gotten me to go do it yet. So, <laughs> no, that, that, that's what I was gonna say like the only reason why I'm playing the uh, the showdowns is to get uh, Joker damaged goods shards, and um, I think you know I, like just the first one that fired off this weekend. Uh, I got I got him to L three already. I'm debating on like if I want to actually sink energy, like sink um, gems into refreshing energy to actually get him to L4. If there's actually a reason for that, but we'll see. I mean, I he honestly him. only needs L2. Yeah, I mean, I probably already overkill him on L3. So, well, he's yeah. he's dead last in my roster as the weakest tune I have. So that, that shows <laughs> how much uh, how much I, I put into him. <laughs> so, uh, there's only there's only two parts of his kit that I like. And it's his passive and his basic. Fair enough. The as far as legendary upgrades, those are the only two that I care about. Yeah, the blue. Other than that, I don't care about the rest of his kit. I use him for his really low cooldown stun and his basic that has a chance to apply an absolute crap ton of bleeds. Yep. Yeah, we got our final thoughts on the Avarice Siege. Um, I personally loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people were crying that it was too long, and you know the way I put it in, uh, in my perspective is a you know, you go through a month of hero challenges, you know, to collect a character like Two-Face to L5. Here they're giving you an opportunity to do the same for the the typical paywall character, but in the PvP format, and it ran a month long. Um, I personally had no problem with the timing of it. Uh, I didn't feel rushed at all. You know, if it was a one-week or two-week event, uh, you know, I'd be checking my... Uh, my uh, uh, phone or tablet every five seconds you know do i have a refresh do i have energy you know and <laughs> and have to, i didn't have to stress it you know and that it ran along with a you know a, your typical wraith arenas and used its own energy was also uh you know phenomenal on their part yep. um so it took even less stress away from it i i loved it yeah i hope it happens again so yeah on yeah. the siege itself, I mean, the fact that the four-week-long siege, I think, was a nice, refreshing sort of take on PvP in general. So the fact that uh, it did foster sort of this uh, strategic element that was sorely lacking in a lot of different modes in the game. So you actually had to really think about what you were going up against, really look into what moves, uh, legendary abilities the other team had, um, and then think about what your tur turn order would be like if you picked certain compositions. So it really rewarded you for correct planning, but also really punished you if you didn't plan correctly. So, uh, and the fact that um, like the cost of battling was so high, uh, it really, really made uh, you think really long and hard. I remember, I think M4 who uh, won, congratulations to him, the world's uh, famous position. He was saying it takes him at least two minutes just to pick a team, right? So. <laughs> right whereas like in and that's regular, not surprising to be honest right like whereas in regular uh, pvp wraith arena i just pick like four characters that i want to battle for the day and it's gonna just i don't i don't even think anymore just battle through everything 
<laughs> so that's it. But, you know, I think it was a, overall a great success. I hope that, to see more of it in the future. The one thing that I might criticize on is the, um, what do you call it? The, the characters reward more trophies. Either increase that, uh, that, that amount, uh, the roster of those characters that would affect the points, or have it rotate. Because it gets stale real fast because you keep running into the same characters all the time. What? Yeah. yeah, on that note, I, I did like that they did not rotate it this way, you mm -hmm. know, uh, free-to-play mm -hmm. players can walk in there and go, hey, I can gear yeah. these guys up, level them up, and have complete confidence that doing so is just going to improve my chances instead okay. of getting getting a shuffle next week. So Yeah, I have to agree on that one. I don't like the idea that it shuffles. Okay. That just really hinders even more, hinders the free-to-play and continues to reward the whales, which is fine. You mean? know, to some extent, but I think having the one set roster was, I think it's, I think that was a really good call on their part, actually. So Would it be better if that's right. expanded, though? Like, so that you have more options? What was it? It was like 12 characters? Something I think like that, that was fine. I don't know. I, mean, I think that was fine. Even, even, if it, even if it was, I still felt like there was basically the same rotation of characters, right? Like, I just felt like it was getting too stale at some point. Well, it's not WB's fault that no. everybody wants to use the same team. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I think, I think the big uh, issue was is, uh, you know, you had Clayface and Wonder Girl uh, in, mm -hmm. in that roster, and that upset a few people because, you know, Clayface was... Well, I think that was but, intentional. I, I, yeah. I really do. No, no, I agree with you on that. But, you know, it, it, it's, they had to know it was going to cause uh, some belly aching. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ogre, how'd you feel about that? Oh, I'm, I'm sure that they were prepared for the belly aching. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, I honestly, I thought Siege was absolutely a total blast as far as PvP because yeah. I don't really like PvP usually. During the time the Avarice Siege was running, I actually have tanked my score in Wraith Arena and I started my week at 900 trophies the last two weeks because I just don't want to do it a lot of times. And the Avarice Siege gave me a way to play PvP more thoughtfully and I felt more rewarded at the end of it than I do with Wraith Arena. Wraith Arena just felt like a cash grab the entire time. Yep. Like all the time. Whereas Siege, I didn't spend a dime on gearing up characters to get them ready for it. I didn't spend a dime on the packs of energy. Uh, half the time I didn't even complete my legendary missions and I still finished where I got over a million legendary essence at the end of it. So I, I mean, just the rewards themselves, this was totally and absolutely worth it in every way possible. Yep. Regardless absolutely. of how many shards I ended up walking out with. Definitely. Yeah, so the controversial parts of the average siege were... Uh... Like right at the end, on the last day, there was a hiccup on the legendary missions, which got everyone in a in a in a bit of a tiff, I guess. And that could just be a programming thing that it was I, supposed I, to turn off. I honestly think that it and was, it turned off a little early. I, I think it was more of like uh, they accidentally programmed the switch to switch off early, or they switched. Uh, mm. they, sw they have basically, if people noticed, there was two different instances of the legendary missions that rewarded the avarice energy and rewarded certain things uh, that related to the avarice siege and i believe that they wanted them not to coincide so that they had one on and one off as it was going along so basically they turned one off uh what they shouldn't have and they didn't actually turn the other one back on so that's what <laughs> I, I think what happened uh but that's just uh you know speculation but what they did 
uh, to sort of compensate for that later in that day is they sent out a, a mail to everyone with 15 Everest energy as compensation for that, which is actually generous because thinking about if you went through, if you did all the legendary missions that would reward energy, you would only get 13, not 15. So they actually gave you two more or two more than normal. However, there was the whole, uh, there was also the aspect of you lost out on the, um, the Agent Orange mission, which rewarded one, uh, uh, one, one shard of one Larkies. shard of Larkies. Yeah, that probably isn't going to make or break you know most of your goals. But if it did, that could be a big thing. But I, I doubt it really. But then the the other big controversy was behind the mail. A lot of people were waiting to start, sort of sandbag that fifteen energy right until the last minute of siege to see where they could actually end up and the mail just sort of disappeared apparently it was time sensitive and there was no notice in that you should have claimed it before this time <clears throat> and a lot of people were upset about that so right you're not going to get me to feel sorry on that one i'm sorry yeah i mean I, 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 i'm with you on that you know every time i get a newsletter from uh the game after i read it it, it you know this message will self-destruct. <laughs> so, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I, I picked it up and used it right away, you know, and, uh, I already had three energy in the bank and it just popped up to 18. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it went into overflow. I'm not sure why people waited on it. Um, yeah. It's the same thing people do when they're trying to make the last minute dash for top 1500, top 100 in Wraith Arena. Yeah. And to be fair, that's a week long event. If you want to wait till the last second to do that, that's fine. I get it. But this is Siege. It was a month long. You had 28 days to do this. Do you really think those three battles made that much of a difference? The other thing to remember is that the energy is finite. You can't actually buy more packs other than the one. Um... The one pack yeah, and the, in the you know, so that because the reason why people sandbag things in the PvP Wraith Arena is because people can buy uh, PvP energy refreshes, you know, pseudo unlimitedly. So that does play a play into it, right? The reason why you want to wait till the last minute, but it doesn't well, make sense. You got that. It doesn't. It wouldn't make I think sense. You got that around. You got it around. Uh, maybe I think maybe it was like well, twelve o'clock, one o'clock my time, and you had mm -hmm. like maybe four or five hours left mm -hmm. to it. You know, yeah. you're really not going to drop down in rank or get beaten down that much to revenge. You just, right. just use it. Yeah. It's ending. <laughs> right. But I mean, you know, like, so, to be so fair, I slept through the whole thing. I didn't get the mail ever because I was asleep. <laughs> so whatever. I mean, here, here's the thing. Like, this is my logic behind it in terms of numbers, right? Because it's a finite amount of energy and the amount of points you can get based on that finite amount of energy and battles you can do. Let's say, for example... Uh, you did three battles with that 15 energy and you came out with 20 points each time. So having 60 points, you know, right when you got that mail or having 60 points right before the end of the siege doesn't really matter, right? So you're either going to get that 60 points now or later, right? That's not going to change anything. Yeah, and that, that's kind of my point is a couple of hours doesn't mean anything right. in a month-long event. Right. Exactly. Like, that's kind of my point. Yeah. You weren't going to move that much in rank or, or, or anything at all. You know, you just yeah. might cement your position. Um, yeah. But, you know, getting into the, the, the legendary uh, mission hiccup, you yeah. know, I was actually kind of prepared for that. Oh, really? <laughs> Is it just how this, yeah, just for the, how this thing started the first day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you didn't have those missions to begin with. 
the siege started. All right, people right, right, right. People, there was that. Yeah, people yeah, did their that. people did their missions. They're like, hey, where's my Larflees mm -hmm. uh, fragment? Yeah, people were bugging about that on the community center. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I got right in there, went into the community center, and I, I was fully yeah. prepared and expecting it. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, at the, at the same time, the the siege also sounds messed up, but yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the siege also ended on a, a long weekend too, during Labor Day weekend, right? So good yes, on them. Yes, for those of us in America, it did end <laughs> up on a long weekend. Right. <laughs> but still good on them that they actually had someone to react in time to actually send out that, that mail. So I'm actually impressed that they actually had that. I was a, I was ready to have nothing to have <laughs> until the recent. I, I'm, you know, it makes oh, yes. me wonder if they had that prepackaged, ready to go, and somebody just had to hit a button. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Stander logged in and everything on that day too, you know, yeah. and you know. She she busted her butt for this uh, for this game and for the people. Yeah, I, I don't think people appreciate what she actually does. Yeah, not at all. So, getting to the sort of the the, the sort of the dark areas of the siege, which is sort of a Joker. You had kind of a role to play here. You want to let us in on yeah. the controversy there at the end. Um, it's got a beginning to it as well. <laughs> all right. Sure. As soon as uh, as soon as siege started. Um, my uh, alliance uh, in Convoluted, they, they do a thing called spiraling uh, mm -hmm. in regular Wraith Arena, where they bounce back revenges uh, just for the alliance points. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you use alliance tunes and you whittle down and back and forth, you're all using alliance uh, point uh, tunes in your roster. So I saw that first day in the siege uh, as an exploit, that revenges were something you can constantly do and using the the, the point uh, tunes, somebody can garnish a lot of uh, points. So uh, yeah, Ferrix had uh, obviously immediately started using that. And, um, <clears throat> you know, at the time it was an exploit and it wasn't a cheat. And, uh, you know, I spoke to uh, Stanner and uh, we had that shut down really fast. Uh, good on them for acting fast on it. But uh, yet yeah, his numbers just kept on rising and his roster didn't didn't make any sense for how he could be making so many points mm -hmm. and it had everybody going had everybody going crazy and uh you know they had investigations going into looking at what he was doing and uh they finally uh reset him and uh you know you got m4 in there as uh, the world's finest <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say i mean we can't really confirm because we're not wb but we can say that you know, they found something with, I guess, enough evidence to say that he was doing something underhanded uh, to easily win matches. <laughs> so, yeah, was, <laughs> it was it was too shady to to, to sort of you know uh, let go, and then they they reacted on it and good on them. They also banned or reset someone else. Well, I don't know what the name is because it was written in Arabic. There was actually a couple of people, I think. Yeah, it was, was more than just Ferrex. There was several. Yeah, yeah. But there was there was two others that were on the radar. But right before the re right before the end of the siege, I noticed that the the one dude with the Arabic writing he was no longer on the top one hundred list. And but the one the other person uh, I'm not gonna say their name because let's say they weren't in the case that they weren't hacking or they weren't doing anything underhanded. I don't want to sort of discriminate, sort of tear them down because they were still there at the end of the siege, right? So maybe WB looked yeah, at them Yeah, so it's too. not like we know whether right. or not the investigation right. yielded anything. Yeah, exactly. You just know you're still there. So. Good on you if you did it right. If you didn't, well. Yeah, that's a, that would that's probably fine. He's an alliance mate. He was all good. His 
roster is is it, he's got G eleven characters in there, you know. Oh, okay. I'm assuming that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he checks out. Checks out fine. Okay. <laughs> he fine checks out fine. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean that that's the end of it then. So, but I guess the we also big... did figure out finally who our anonymous name changer was. Oh, it was uh, right. Alexi. It was Alexi. Yeah, it was Alexi. So, <laughs> Alexi coming out of retirement to sort of uh, to to make a literally make a name for himself. <laughs> Names. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's been at that for a while. You guys are just catching on. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. To be fair, we don't really know him like you do. So yeah, I mean, I, that was that, I guess. So with that, moving on to Event Horizon, then. Hell is only a word. Reality is much, much worse. Okay, we're going into uh, Two Faces Hero Challenge. Um, in comparison to uh, Atrocitus's last month, mm-hmm. um, honestly, uh, it, it was probably Atrocitus and Larflees, but I just kind of mm-hmm. blew through this thing. You know, I, I blinked and it was done. I'm like, oh, geez, yeah. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Larflees was tough a couple of times, but yeah, it was definitely. I I definitely felt like both of the events were harder than previous ones. The minions definitely hit harder than before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's now it's now turned into a a strategy of take out the minions first and leave the, you know, the main characters there for last, which uh, is kind of odd, but yeah, yeah, that's the way it's rolling now. I will say for but, anyone who's uh who haven't who hasn't already started take, tackling the two face hero challenge or maybe you're in the midst of it, if you already have uh, unlocked and have access to at least a rank 4, rank 5 Larflees, and you have him reasonably be reasonably geared up, he can pretty much, like, solo most of the nodes in, in this uh, yeah. this event. Because he... Imagine like, that. PvE is definitely where he shines, and you will see that in spades. Because basically every enemy is red in this... <laughs> yeah. to, be fair, to be fair, Larflees is like a PvE god tier anyway, so... Mm-hmm. Just because of his basic attack and his passive, yeah. so... Uh, what did you guys think about the White Lantern Sinestro challenge? I enjoyed it. You know, um, it was to me, it was a lot better than the uh, Deathstroke challenge. Uh, and not only was there a better reward at the end, <laughs> um, but your your options were more, more diverse. You know, amongst the uh, Lantern Corps as a whole group, um, you had your options of heroes and villains, and. Uh, uh, I just gear and, and level villains, so that was beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I had fun playing it. Um, a lot of people were upset that it didn't reset the next day, and you know, with the amount of frags it was offering as reward. Uh, yeah, there's no why way. Would, why would it? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel sorry if you wanted it to reset. Oh, <laughs> You're you, just being greedy. You, you want an L5 White Lantern Sinestro. Yeah, okay. They're just going to hand that out. You're just being greedy at that point. Yeah. To be fair, if you completed the entire challenge, you got halfway. Yeah. You got 550, well, to be fair. To, so For people who are comparing this to the other six-day challenges, uh, it does, in if you finish it once, all the way through, it rewards way more shards than if you, if you played the six-day challenge of it all six days. Like, once through. So, True. Uh, but here, here's my counter argument. 
with the other six day challenges, you have to sacrifice other things that you're doing for the energy that you need to complete it daily. Right. With this one, you can complete one node, two nodes, go to the next day, complete one or two nodes, go to the next day, complete one or two nodes. Exactly. Like you don't have to blow all your energy all at once. You're not blowing out your gems. Yep. Like I right. really like that idea yep. that it doesn't reset and it's a one-time reward. Yeah. So. Other than the sort of comparison to other different events, um, the one thing that I do like about these events is that they're more story-driven, unlike the other six-day events, because they're just, you know, uh, you're just battling a wraith. But um, yeah, this yeah. is definitely a lot more story driven. story driven. And I like that. I, so. I like the, the lantern story compared to the Titans Go story was, in my opinion, slightly <laughs> better. But I did like the Deadpool. Titans reference Go was hilarious. Titan. I don't know what you're talking about. I did like the Deadpool reference <laughs> in Titans Go. <laughs> well, that was it was in the movie. If you got yeah. a chance to go see it, so I mean, yeah. like it really played off of the movie. So I yeah. thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I still like the I like the lantern story. The lantern story was pretty good too. Well, to be fair, the lantern story felt like a conclusion to the story that we already have. It felt like right. we finally got that conclusion. But we're still. Well, I'm hoping. Necro, uh, so. Yeah, I'm hoping going forward that they they expand that inclusion to to, to villains and heroes. You know, uh, not just for me, but for other free to play out there that don't quite have all the heroes up to par. They might have one or two. You might have one or two villains up the par for it, and it just uh, you're referring to this upcoming yeah, nice segue. scarecrow event that only has bat heroes and villains, or or even the titans. No, event. you can't use the villains. You can only use the heroes. Oh, really? Exactly. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, uh, it's I mean, just the Robins, Batgirl, and the uh, Batman. I guess it's basically well, trying they, to, they're trying to stay on theme with the story. Then I guess right. So it's the Batman <clears throat> beating the bad guys up. Well, they actually yeah. just uh, added uh, the Dark Knight into that uh, list of eligibles. Uh, he wasn't yes. originally. TDK was so. not originally on that list. Mm. Yeah. So interesting to see him on there because he's an energy, so it'll be interesting to be able to use him. They should do an opposite yeah. story then. They should do like villains fighting the, the Justice League or something. <laughs> well, that's kind of what we're hoping, you know, that'll happen eventually. Because obviously, depending on the reward is what the story is going to be. Yeah. Is what it's looking like. Give me a rework on Superman and make it a Justice League month. <laughs> he just had a rework and oh. then a second rework. I'm oh, sorry, not a rework. Uh, a new Superman, rather. Give me a new Superman. Yeah, well, you know how. <laughs> how about just a reward of Superman? He doesn't need a rework or anything. Uh, just think about how harsh that would be to players, <laughs> though, because then, you know, you're going in against Superman. He's the big reward, and your options will probably be only Superman villains. And, uh, uh it, Lexus FDW. <laughs> uh, and to be fair you could also throw tdk onto that list too fair enough <laughs> possibly possibly if, if they put in the bleed line then that'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> you get get your bizarro in there <laughs> yeah. I, I would i honestly i want to see bizarro richards at some point i could use some more bizarro yeah. He does need I a rework. Alerts. He does need a rework. He, so. here's, a, here's a good story-driven uh, event for you. If they did a Bizarro event, you could have uh, basically villains like the Injustice League trying to recruit Bizarro because Bizarro doesn't know if he's good or bad. <laughs> basically, sort of like you know, teetering the line, and Lex is trying to recruit him onto the Injustice League. <laughs> That'd be cool. Do like a choose your side storyline. Could be. That'd be cool. There you go. Anyways. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I really like the direction that they're going with these events. I like that they removed the L5 gating. That was absolutely the best thing they could have done. They made the event harder, and that felt really good too. So you couldn't just walk in with Gear 9 team. If you did, you got slaughtered, I promise you that. <laughs> I walked in with a Gear 10 uh, team and got slaughtered. <laughs> I walked in with two gear 11s and got slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, like, wow. my Atrocitus went down in three hits. Just tink, tink, tink. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Larflees is, is no joke. <laughs> yeah, Larflees is no joke. So, yeah. but this, I'm talking about the White Lantern Sinestro event. Yeah. He got yeah. taken out in round one by the minions. Yeah. Yeah. My, <laughs> mine, was getting this, mine was getting the same deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was bad. But no, I mean, I, I really like the difficulty level. Right. I like the additional storyline. I really feel like these events have potential, you know, if they continue to do them, that these will eventually be basically sub-chapters of mm -hmm. storyline, because that's what they feel like. So, Well, I'm I, wondering I like if any of them are going to uh, recycle throughout time, you know, like two, three months down the road, White Lantern Sinestro Challenge comes up, comes up again, you know? You know, that would be interesting if they do away with the regular 60 challenges and just do two of these, one every, you know, that rotates every few months, comes back in, and then a new one. I think that would definitely be cool. All right, so uh, I guess with that, we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up and go into the shop talk. Uh, with shop talk... Let's see here. So there weren't too many bug fixes this time with the with the update. There was uh, something uh, plaguing Android users with uh, out of sync errors. So it seems like that was taken care of. And there was some weird, and it was like maybe graphical issue or uh, some issue where uh, Penguin's Henchy's Revenge was uh, attacked was uh, being performed more than once. So that triggered twice. Yeah. yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. So that was taken care of real quick. Uh, otherwise, in terms of packs for the shop, there was something I noticed at the end of August and then also I think it was the end of June where it came up. They released uh, a Batgirl gem pack at the end of August and this was the second time around where they released a pack that wasn't really in line with the expected characters for that month, being the new characters or the rework characters. So it's sort of like an extra pack, a fifth pack, if you will, right? Um, right. And well, it's, it, it's whenever they have a fifth week. I mean. Right. Right. Exactly. So, I think that you know this is something to expect going forward. Is what I'm trying to say, in terms of the patterns, right? So her pack in this case, especially, and also in June, they also did it with Power Girl. These packs fall into the same category as the reworked characters pack, I believe, where they're fifty dollars uh, instead of a hundred dollars. Sorry, twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars instead of a hundred dollars. Uh, they offer obviously less sh shards and less gems, but you know it's sort it's of like uh, six thousand gems and sixty shards, some, something like that. But it's the same as the rework characters packs for that month, uh, this, in this in terms of output. And from what I've seen, there are characters that are in demand, they're being used a lot in PvP, and are uh, rare and uh, unaccessible characters otherwise. So for those of you newer players who don't already have these characters or are looking for ways to access characters that are being <clears throat> used, maybe there's something to expect. Uh, obviously not for September, but maybe October has five weeks, I think. So maybe something to think about there. Uh, then there was the, this week's pack, which was the Two-Face Jet Pack. And the one thing I'll say right oh, off the bat boy. is the display for this was awesome. 
the way the yeah, hands down the display the concept was, was absolutely really brilliant yeah it was absolutely yeah. brilliant now unfortunately the, right now now getting into the actual packs so the pack was split into fifty dollars uh two packs of fifty dollars rather than one pack of a hundred dollars that would be the typical uh gem pack for this type of character and they split the pack into two being one pack with gems and one pack with legendary essence both packs offering shards now, if you compare this to the typical $100 pack, it's 15,000 gems and three uh, 300 shards uh, if you bought two packs of the gems, let's say $400, right? This means if you compare it to the $100 pack, you're getting 10,000 less gems, but you're getting 50 uh, more additional shards on top of that. So do 50 shards equal 10,000 gems? No, <laughs> because you can get you can get 100 shards for 8,000 gems. So yep. this does not add up. Whoever is in charge of the marketing there really needs to be, you know, like reason- Double check your math, please. Right, just, this is not even math, <laughs> arithmetic. This is just arithmetic. <laughs> just calm, calm down, DP, calm down, calm down. So we know I, it upsets you. I, it's okay, goose problem. I can imagine- It, it was thought up on, on Labor Day and they had, uh, they I, had I, a stand I, in I that get day. It. I get it that they want to split it up to make it look cool. But they could have done this. They could have done this better. They could have done it like you know, uh, 1250, 1250 gems to, uh, e for fifty dollars, so that it would add up to two hundred and fifty or to twenty five thousand gems. Well, I, I think even even just the the twelve thousand that you would get is a little bit over. You know, but I think seventy five hundred is definitely way too low. Yeah, I think ten thousand with three hundred shards would have been. Yeah, or ten thousand with one hundred fifty shards would have been acceptable. Yeah, I think. Right, but I mean, granted that this character is sort of the freebie character for the month. Yeah, not many people are going to buy the packs. So it's probably not going to affect a lot of people. But then there are people like Hate Mail, for example, who will create content a lot earlier and rely on these packs to sort of get going quickly. Right, you're going to buy them based yeah. on value, especially you know he goes out of his way to also get iTunes cards at, on the cheap so that he can make sure that he's not spending too much. You're not going to buy a hundred dollar pack. If it's outputting this low, the reason why you buy these packs is because they give you a better return over gen. Like if this is not giving you any decent amount of return, there's no reason to buy this. He has to now wait till the middle of the month when the Riddler pack comes out, right? So because I'm assuming he doesn't need. To be fair, he either. said this month he was going to be taking a little bit slower anyway. But sure, but that's saying, because he got a dog. Sure, but I mean, let's say, <laughs> let's say that you were going to buy gems this month and you needed to think about you know when you want to plant it. And let's say you were getting ready the beginning of the the month to get ready for it. You're going to buy the Two Face pack, but no, you get this instead. Now you have to wait for Riddler's pack. It sort of throw things throws things like really out the window for you. So it's I can I can to be fair if you were waiting on one of the packs you were probably waiting on the Riddler one anyway fair enough yeah but enough. you know I mean again this is all just semantics at this point yeah so yeah. so anyways it's just anyways to the devs if you're listening we like the concept it was great unfortunately execution of the value of them was not quite where we were expecting I'm gonna correct you not to the devs to the marketers. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the marketers. But uh, go back to marketing school. Yeah, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't be that harsh. Come on, right. come on. I, I work in this business, the, so. <laughs> yeah, fair the, enough. The visual concept I liked, you know, it, it was reminiscent of when uh, Ares and uh, Wonder Woman came out. I don't know if you guys remember the packs or that. If you, when they mm -hmm. put yeah, Wonder Woman is what started the the hundred dollar. 
25,000 mm -hmm. gems, 250 shards packed, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But when you when you put those two packs together, it's them facing off amongst each other with the, the gold at their feet. Yep. It's pretty cool looking. So anyways, uh, that was the gist of uh, the shop. Nothing too out of the ordinary, thankfully. So uh, I guess with that, we'll move on to... Nothing extraordinary either, unfortunately. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So with that, we'll move on to the community watchtower. Wait. You mean we're going to take the watchtower out of orbit and drop it right on top of their little science project? So the first part of the community watchtower, before we get into uh, some of the uh, the news, uh, DC-related news for this month, um, because we have Joker on the show, let's get to know Joker. So sort of what uh, they've done in uh, We Are Our Legends. We'll sort of go over that again a little bit for those of you guys who haven't uh, had a chance to hear that. But uh, Joker, tell us about your history with comics, DC, and how you got started with uh, DCL, I guess. My history with uh, comics uh, started out at a really young age, I guess maybe like four or five. Uh, my uncle had a, a pretty extensive collection. And, you know, I was the curious kid looking at all the flashy covers, and he started letting me read them, and I got hooked in right away. Cool. You know, wasn't quite, re quite reading them yet. I was looking at the pictures, and over time I started <laughs> reading them, and I was even more and more into them. In my uh, 20s, I had a comic book shop with my friend uh, oh, really? in New Hampshire. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely uh, obsessed with uh, Batman Joker stories. Um, I have every single Joker issue before the New 52 from his first appearance to... Oh, wow. That's a pretty uh, extensive collection. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty impressive, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, DC Legends, as soon as I saw the app, you know, well, it was actually something I was searching for, <laughs> DC games. And, uh, you know, as soon as I saw one that was good quality, I got hooked into it, and this game is... Uh, is really good nearly two years now <laughs> coming up on two years very aside from the butthurt about joker cpoc's rework <laughs> is there anything in game that you're happy with and things that you aren't happy with? starting out i was really happy seeing chemo you know i was like <laughs> oh here's a here's an obscure character and it, it gave me hope in the future that this game is going to reach down deep into those little pockets of who's that guy yeah. and throw them in here and then just throw off some of the players and introduce them to something new. It's not just um, going to be like the Justice so, League and Injustice League, right? Yeah. yeah. But um, unfortunately, they haven't touched on that. You know, every month I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to see somebody a little on the obscure side and nobody's reached the depths of Kemo. <laughs> so in terms of obscure yeah. characters, I mean, uh, aside from Kemo, is there any characters you want to see included in the game coming up? A lot of them I, I would name off right now off the top of my head would be uh, Batman ones, and I don't want to go there because uh got too much uh, of the bat in here. <laughs> you get too um, much backlash Gentleman you. Ghost, Crazy Quilt, King Tut. Antoine, Antoine Arcane I would love to see. Um, that's mm -hmm. uh, Swamp Thing's major villain. and uh, yeah, I'd like to see Felix Faust. Felix would be cool. Um, he, I, you could definitely see him going in uh, along the lines of the, the current Justice League Dark storylines. Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, Arcane's interesting in that uh, you know Swamp Thing and Poison Ivy as well. Uh, they they're in touch with the Green, and uh, Antoine Arcane and Enchantress even they're in touch with the Rot, and it's two different uh, forces of nature in the comics um, ep epitomized between these four characters, and uh, I'd like to see that touched on. You know, just get a little bit. That would be really cool. We are missing basically the one character at this point. Exactly, exactly, and it would it would really flesh it out, and you could you could do a cool 
little hero challenge just for him with with those three three other characters to obtain him having really really intense boosts you know all right well i mean moving things along uh, i guess my next question for you is then being a mod on the community center what does that mean to you and how did you get started in all that i got started in that because uh you know i was just uh another person on the community center uh you know kibitzing and, and getting to know everybody there and uh, you had this one guy that uh was basically spamming the the boards and uh you know turn i came to find out that he had multiple on multiples of accounts and he basically hacked the community center <laughs> uh to rise up in the influence boards and uh okay. I, i'd never third uh, thought of anything so absurd but uh yeah i found him out and confronted him on there and he uh used all of his accounts to report mine and get me blocked off okay. i ended up going through macho man yeah mm -hmm. through discord and said hey this is what's going on you gotta let the admins know about this you gotta reach out to them or something and eventually got a hold of uh jensen at the time and mm -hmm. uh yeah, she helped us get rid of this guy, gave us mod powers, and uh, get started out that way. Now that you've been a mod for the community center for a while now, I mean, what does that mean to you in terms of, I guess, a, a pseudo job? You know, I take on a lot of uh, a lot of the community issues or, or responsibilities that uh, upset a lot of my other fellow mods. You know, any concern that somebody has out there, whether it's one of girl needs unearthing or whatnot you know i truly take it seriously and i bring it up to uh standard and everybody else as as a, a major concern and i may not necessarily agree with it but you know i feel it's my place to represent them and do my best for them to get them to be heard mm -hmm. um and i take it pretty seriously you know aside from the joking <laughs> <laughs> um you know when i when i'm not, <laughs> I'm not even gonna go there <laughs> when i'm not dealing with the concerns you know i like to try to entertain them um you know throughout silly things out there contests or games puzzles um little little bits of silly trivial knowledge that i have from comic books um yeah it's a great place in there and okay. uh, now, now one thing i know you do fairly regularly is you do a poll for who people want to see in the game right yeah yeah that was that was started out mainly uh yeah, I saw all these other people cashing in on that idea for influence, and um, I thought it was worthwhile to do it and, and tally up everyone's polls to really see what people want instead of using it as an influence grab. And uh, uh, having mod uh, connections to an admin, you know, I, I toss those results to Stanner every month. And... I don't know if it's going to influence anything or uh, influence potential down the road that aren't even touched upon, but I, I hope it does. You know, I'd I'd like the people to be heard. I mean, that's a it's a good to know that the people have a voice, so to speak, and that voice is being heard. All right, so that was uh, our brief interview with Joker. Uh, moving on to, I guess, some recent DC news. We haven't had a little bit of this uh, for a while, mainly do with TV shows. So. There is one concerning the Arrowverse and one concerning the DC Universe uh, streaming service that is coming up uh, shortly. But um, let's start with the Arrowverse. In the Arrowverse, there was a lot of controversy surrounding 
Batwoman um, being uh, casted by, or sorry, being casted as Ruby, Ruby Rose being casted as Batwoman. And uh, she, now the big controversy around this was that when her, her casting was announced, a lot of people were at the beginning arguing the fact that she doesn't, she may not have the acting chops uh, to play Batwoman and she was picked because she was just some hot white girl. And then there was other members of the community who were uh, of the LGBT community saying that she's not gay enough to play a lesbian role because uh, as many of you may know from the comics and from the animated series, Batwoman is uh, very openly gay. And then others are now, now on a, this is like the more ridiculous part that I'm thinking of, but no offense to anyone who thinks this may or may not be ridiculous, but others are now saying that she's not Jewish enough to play the role. Because, because Ruby Rose, sorry, because Batwoman is also Jewish. Okay, so those are the three factors. All right, people uh, want to be stupid about everything. Right, she's not a good enough she actress. Was. She's not a good enough actress. She she's not lesbian enough, and she's not Jewish enough. Uh, and then, uh, right. So basically, the back now the backlash around all of this uh, came about with the network's announcement, and uh, when they were considering candidates, and then. There, because the the way the network, uh, I guess CW, was saying that they want to find an actor or actress to best represent these new characters, and the, they put "best represent" in under quotation marks. So, meaning they're actually looking deeply into the characters. At least is what most people expect, and uh, they would pick someone that would fit that. Now, I personally think that a a person who is, you know, I wouldn't say very openly gay. But she definitely is not, uh, not. She, I guess she she's definitely included in the LGBT community in in a sense because she has said to herself that while she's not straight, she doesn't identify as a lesbian. That's all she was saying, right? People said, mm -hmm. well, if you don't identify as a lesbian, you can't be Batwoman. Is basically what they were saying. At the same time, she's not obviously Orthodox Jewish enough to be Batwoman. Is what other people are saying too. And what was the la when was the last time you saw her in a Hollywood movie? She's not a good enough actress to be Batwoman. But this is the CW Arrowverse. I don't get really because you know. Stephen Amell was so well known. Let Let's put it this way. I guess the only way to appease everyone is basically she needs to be a super open lesbian that is Orthodox Jewish, which is <laughs> in and of itself a paradox. I say you can't <laughs> do that. And she needs to be slinging. She needs. She needs to be slinging dreidels out of her bat, her utility belt, for <laughs> for them to be really accepting her as a character. <laughs> I don't really dreidel, dreidel, dreidel! I made you out of C four. <laughs> well, basically, what they're asking for is Janine Garofalo. <laughs> that would be awesome. Don't even go there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Bat and Batwoman needs to be a redhead too, right? Is that oh, if I'm remembering please. that correctly? Is that is that correct? Yeah, she in the comics, she's a redhead. How many redhead characters do you know? Like Jewish? Well, her, <laughs> her red hair doesn't even look natural in the comics. It is yeah. so bright, reddish it, orange. It, it's kind of magenta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, um, no. uh, in all seriousness, I mean, did anybody complain about Tom Hanks in Philadelphia not being gay enough for the damn part? Yeah. Just, I don't know. It, I don't, who cares? As long as she can play it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, you know, that, but, you know, it, it's based off a comic book. You know, comic books grip people visually first. They don't so much care That's about the, the character. Thing. Like, 
Honestly, we're talking about Ruby Rose and not being able to act. And it's like, oh my God, shut up. Who cares? Oh, yeah. Give her a chance. Let her play the role for five seconds. Yeah. Exactly. All exactly. I could say is it, it could be worse. You know, it could be Jared Leto in there. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? He gets a lot of crap. And, and he's going to get more. Well, I, I, I understand. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think it was actually him so much as it was the story and the writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they wanted him to, but I mean, but I, I mean that's you know he needed here nor there I guess. Yeah. So you know, I guess what it really comes I, down to as long as the Arrowverse writes Bat Batwoman well, and Ruby Rose plays it well, everybody will be happy. Exactly. Well, they even they even my kid was watching the Arrowverse and uh you know or Green Arrow and uh, yeah I I never really got quite into it but I was watching some of the episodes with him and uh, I saw Black Canary making out with uh, one of uh, Al Ghul's uh, daughters. I'm like, when the heck did she go that way? Yeah, that was, um, yeah. you're talking about White Canary, right? The uh, Sarah, uh, Laurel, Sarah Lance. Sarah Lance, not Laurel. Yeah, yeah Sarah Lance is a, a sort of like openly, uh, I guess, lesbian in that in that aspect. Actually, she's she's bi, I think. In the, she's bi, in, the, she, in the Arrow universe, like she's into Talia and... Constantine. And, and that's like it. And Constantine. Was she into Constantine too? Yeah, there's a. Well, this well, might be. I haven't seen point. any of the new stuff, so I don't know. So there's. Well, Constantine, that's accurate. He's he's by in the comics, you know. Yeah. But I never I never knew Talia Al Ghul to be by. She was always into Batman. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I think part of part of her was that if she couldn't have Batman, she didn't want another man because no man ever measured up. That was it. Right. That so. Exactly it. So my my point or argument going is, what happens if they decide, okay, well, we switch these characters around a bit. Maybe we'll switch up that girl, that woman up a little bit. And instead of being lesbian or, or bi, she's just going to be completely straight. How's uh, that going to hit? That would be, that would be. Or awful. here's a better idea. Let's just not talk about her sexuality at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's out there right now. The main thing that I was going to say about. It, it'll Ruby happen. Rose, People yeah. are going to get mad at it either yeah, way. The, so. main, the main thing I was going to say about Ruby Rose <laughs> with all this negativity and all this controversy out there is that. All of that, this is before, like, she really got into her role, before she really got, like, started with the actual work. She she had to quit Twitter as a result of this, and she basically had to, you know, sort of fall off the radar, and it's just sad for her. You know, this is a, a, an up-and-coming uh, artist, and she's trying to perf- get into her art, she's trying to perfect her art, get, get let her have a chance to do it, you know, so... That's the, yeah, Twitter. That's the problem, that's is nobody wants to give anybody a chance nowadays. Uh, yeah. As much as I joke around Jared Leto, I, I would never, I would never troll him on Twitter or anything like exactly. that. It, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like I and, mean, you're you're someone who's working <laughs> and you're given a job to do and you do that job. So I mean, what else can people really expect of you, right? The rest of it's out of your control, at that point, right? So I mean, unless you're sort of that creative type, like let's say you know Christian Bale who was playing Batman like way back when, and he would have uh, fits about the script, and he would have he wouldn't he would like basically refuse to work unless they reworked the script to the way he liked it. But I don't think these people who are up and coming in the world are going to be like, hey, you know what? I think this is stupid. I don't think that Joker should be a mob boss, right? You know, I don't think they're going to be arguing that fact. Joker is a mob boss. Well, I mean, you know, no, no, no. no. I, I, I just don't think that one. Right. I don't think I don't think Joker should be slim shady. That's all. <laughs> and to be to be fair, to be fair, again, I think it was some of the writing and the situations that they put him in. I honestly <laughs> thought his portrayal wasn't that bad in the scenes that were actually good, mm-hmm. and he actually, you know, he actually does a, do a good Joker. 
Like, I liked the idea of him putting his hand over his face for that smile. That was creepy as hell. Back onto the topic of the end, though. Let's just hope that in the Arrowverse, the writers, the writers will do good by Batwoman, and then Ruby, Ro Ruby Rose will sort of, like, do the, the character justice. Let's just hope all good things for that. <laughs> right, and that's... Yeah, we've gotten sidetracked so many times here, right. but yeah, that's all we're saying. All right. I wish her luck. I wish her luck, and I hope she proves them wrong. All right. So on the topic, exactly on the topic of the TV shows, uh, Joker actually brought this up for us. I actually didn't know about this until earlier this week. That the DC Universe new streaming service um, will also be have announced they started filming for Doom Patrol, and they've actually released some set photos for that. So if you guys want to check that out online, there are a couple of photos out there of a few of the characters. But Joker, since you were the one who brought this up to me, um, you want to let people in on that show. Uh, for those of you who do not know who Doom Patrol are, uh, they are an uh, early uh, DC Comics uh, group uh, from the 60s, uh, around the same time as the X-Men, and kind of a counterpart to, to Marvel's X-Men. Their main leader, uh, Niles Calder, is a uh, wheelchair ridden, and the rest of the group are a different mix of powers that are all pretty unique and uh, uh, very unique to their own. You don't really see them in any other comic. You have a negative man who... who made up of negative energies and it's wrapped up kind of like a mummy and anything he touches is going to be eradicated and he's kind of cursed obviously with that power because he's no longer really able to have any physical contact with anybody robot man who was a, a stunt car driver got into an accident um <clears throat> had his brain placed into a robot body and just kind of obvious there but it, it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting uh, show to see I'm, I'm curious to see where they take the story um because it gets very very freaky um it was yeah. picked up by some uh, vertigo writers um in the uh late 80s early 90s and they really went uh, went off the wall with it so uh, i was delving a little bit deeper into um the casting and the characters for this uh for this series so the first the, the one thing that i thought was really interesting was uh, one of the main characters that will sort of introduce the Doom Patrol. And the Doom Patrol uh, becomes sort of a spin-off of another series that we mentioned uh, on another podcast being Titans, right? So Doom Patrol is referenced into an episode of the Titans, maybe earlier on in the, the ep in the series, so that the Doom Patrol can sort of start a little bit after Titans, and they're both being released at the DC Universe roughly at the same time. Now... The character that references the Doom Patrol that sort of segues into that series is Cyborg. So that means that Titans will also have Cyborg, which they didn't show in the trailer that was aired a while ago, right? So that's also something to pick up on. So Cyborg will be in both shows, from what I understand. Wait, it's Cyborg, not Beast Boy? Cyborg. It's Cyborg that references Doom Patrol, uh, according to what I've been reading online. So Cyborg is... Uh, they, they basically... I've, I've always been under the impression that Beast Boy originally was in the Doom Patrol, Could be. left them, and joined the Titans. That would make sense. But from what I was reading, yeah. is that there was a mission that all, that uh, that the Titans needed help on, and they called in the Doom Patrol. Well, Cyborg calls in the Doom Patrol, and he's sort of their liaison. They go in between the Titans and the Doom Patrol. So that's... Well, if you look at Beast Boy, um, his costume is still Doom Patrol's colors. There you go. So maybe, uh, so maybe Beast Boy will make appearances in the Doom Patrol show too, then, which makes sense. Possibly, um, yeah. You know, they might throw into why he left, and uh, I, I, that's too much of a spoiler. <laughs> I can't yeah. get into it, but, uh, but well, I mean, they did that in the Titans cartoon show. 
back in the day too. So yeah, no, I missed that. Now the other thing that I uh, there was just like an episode where the Doom Patrol showed up, asked Beast Boy to help them. The Titans all help them, and mm-hmm. they asked Beast Boy to rejoin them, and Beast Boy rejects them and says, "No, I'm a Titan." Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Well, I mean. Regardless, I mean, I think the fact that Cyborg being included now uh, is really interesting for both series because I and they've announced also who they they've casted for Cyborg. I actually don't know who the actor is, so I can't really say. But why is it not Ray Fisher? Yeah, well, it can't be a Hollywood actor. <laughs> they can't. They don't have the budget for that. So, but on that, well, they note, had Samuel Jackson appear five seconds in the freaking Marvel or uh, Agents of Shield, Agents of Shield yeah. thing. Well, if they could pay him for five seconds, okay, maybe. But <laughs> now, he, Fair he, enough. on the note of Hollywood actors, this is sort of the segue that I was looking into getting into. They actually announced the casting for Robot Man's voices, Brendan Fraser. So, am I one of the? <laughs> yeah, am, am I am I one of the only people that are happy that that is happy that to see the Brendan Fraser's getting work again? Because you know he's really that good. actually really really fits. That's that, right? that's that's really awesome. Makes sense, right? It makes sense. But I actually really liked Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser as a character, as an actor, uh, not only in the Mummy series but in a lot of his early movies. He's he's a good guy. He just got caught up. Well, if you know anything about him, his personal life on social media and stuff, he's caught up in a lot of crap you know now he's finally getting work again and uh, hopefully that you know maybe this will take off and maybe it'll help him jump start his career well restart his career Brendan Fraser yeah I look forward to that <laughs> so. all right otherwise uh, it's, it's, it's sadly, a very, uh, he's a very I, deep character to play so he's probably going to be the focus point of the show yeah uh, for viewers you know your heart's going to bleed for the character oh yeah all right. So now, something else I do want to point out, just as a reference to Doom Patrol, uh, if you ever watched Rick and Morty, the season three episode where they have the Dominators, mm-hmm. uh, that's a direct reference to Doom Patrol. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm hoping uh, Mala and the Brain show up in the show as well. Oh yeah, the Brain that would be cool. Brain would be cool. I, I really would like to see Brain. He would be a lot of fun. I wonder if they're going to give him the French accent though, because <laughs> he has to. Oh, they the they have to. Right? They have to. Otherwise, I mean, do you guys have any other expectations for Doom Patrol other than potential cameos? I'm hoping they get as dark and twisted as it got in the books. <laughs> okay. Well, well, based on what we've heard about Titans so far, I mean, it, it sounds like they will be a little bit darker. Yeah. So hopefully that holds true. And given the fact well, that... Titan, it, Titans give me this feel that it's running away from the books yeah. in, in their... Yeah, you know, it's like you know Grayson saying the things he said about uh, Batman mm-hmm. in, in the, the trailer. It just just really threw me. Well, like, I will, you know, I I will say one thing about how like Robin, well, Nick Grayson saying, uh, you know, f Batman, like throwing f bombs all over the place. That gives me the f- like, it gives me the idea that this is probably going to at least be PG thirteen, maybe sort of mature rating, right? So if Doom Patrol follows in line with uh, Titans in terms of that sort of gritty. Uh, atmosphere, that sort of uh, writing style for the DC Universe series, I think that they could they could take it to an, a level where it'll be very serious. It'll be very interesting to watch for us mature viewers. So, right, I've expect I've well, high expectations there. My my expectations are pretty high with Doom Patrol just off of those set photos because when I when I look at the photos for Teen Titans and I, I compare them to the comic book, it's not matching up too well. <laughs> yeah. I look at Doom Patrol. And the little details 
that you can get if you read the comics and you look at the costumes and you go, wow, they actually mm-hmm. added that. Or, you know, when I looked at Negative Man for the first time and I saw the shape of the glasses, I knew exactly what era of the comics they were, were looking to to emulate. And that just got me thrilled going, oh, they might actually get into that uh, part of the comics for the show. And uh, TMI. <laughs> <laughs> With that, we'll wrap up the Community Watchtower and we'll give a shout out to our patrons again as we do uh, every episode. So at the do-gooder tier, at $5, we have Parsnet Paradigms and James B. hanging out. At $10, we have Hate Mail being a superstar. And to our other patrons, William I, Backfire COH, and Vitus One, you guys are rock stars. So uh, again, for those of you guys uh, who uh, didn't uh, hear the beginning of the show or uh, skipped over that part, we're still about $7 short of our $30 goal. So if you guys uh, are interested in supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash theoddsmen, uh, you can become a patron of at least a dollar or more to be uh, eligible for our monthly oddsmen giveaway at the end of each month. So if you could help us push towards that $30 goal, that'd be great. So just we're, just almost, we're almost there. Just a little bit more. <laughs> That's all. So, yeah, final words, Ogre? Thanks for listening, guys. And... Uh... If there's anything in the future you'd like us to talk about, anything you'd like us to discuss, you know, whether it be team comps for characters as they come out or whatever, just let us know and we'll try to work that into the show. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. And we'll see you next time. All right, Joker. Any last words? Yeah, it was a pleasure being on here with you guys. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Hope to do it again sometime soon. Awesome. All right, it was great. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it was great having you on. And I guess uh, with that... We'll wrap things up there. See you guys. And now for the Winner's Circle. For Wraith PvP, our world's finest. For Poison Ivy Shards, was Miller Time. For 4,657 points. For the top 35 cutoff, we have 2,742 points. And top 100 was 2,559 points. Top alliance this week was UJLA and Koa once again for 86,656 points. Top 10 cutoff was at 43,421 points. And top 100 was 22,648. Congratulations to all our winners. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oddsman Broadcast. Be sure to check out the next episode of We Are Legends coming up next week.